Welcome to the Digital Forester Podcast, where we talk to foresters about how they are using digital technologies in their day-to-day forestry work. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to the Digital Forester Podcast. Today, I am joined with Dr. Goliang Liu from AI Tree. Dr. Liu, how are you doing? Good. <laughs> Thank you, Kevin. Good to yeah. see you. Good to see you. It's been a while. I think, uh, I honestly think it might have been a Forest Tech event back in Vancouver a couple of years Maybe the also last we, time we connected. We met in New Zealand and Australia. That's right. That's right. Yeah. It's always funny how a lot of people, a lot of Canadians, we connect uh, far and abroad versus, you know, in our own backyard. So interesting enough, just before we started the podcast, you mentioned that uh, you actually recently flew to China and you're yeah. there now. And it was a, a challenge to get there. Uh, so maybe for our listeners, uh, because again, we have a global audience listening, maybe share some thoughts on what went smoothly on that trip and what maybe surprised you in your, your air travels, because a lot of us have not been in an airplane for two years. So I'm personally curious to know, is it the same once you get in the airplane or is it that much more different? The airplane is not bad, you know, it's not that many people, you know. <laughs> So one person, uh, you see, maybe you have the entire row seat. So, but uh, you have a lot of tests, you know, it's uh, for uh, almost four weeks yeah, isolation, you know. Four weeks, wow, wow. <laughs> yeah, because I guess China has the, the COVID zero policy. So they're, they're very yes. uh, tight. And, and we'll get into it. You're, you're in China because you mentioned you have a development uh, center there. So we'll talk a little bit more about that. I, I always love learning more about, uh, you know, where different organizations have their, their centers of excellence, if we want to call that and who's doing who. But before we get into that, maybe to, to warm us up and, and get us going. Uh, masters, UB, well, forestry background, but definitely uh, University of British Columbia, masters in in forestry as well as a PhD in forestry. But before you got to that point, maybe tell me how did you get into forestry or your family connections were foresters or just something you picked <laughs> up? How, how did you discover the world of forestry? I was a mechanical engineer, you know, I was doing, I was uh, developing a design like a cable yarder systems before I came to Canada. So 30 years ago, that was 30 years ago, you know, I, I came to UBC and I started with uh, John Nelson, you know, my teacher, and uh, he, he is developing the models. Probably a lot of people know that. Even at that time, you know, the computer only had, had, had one megabyte RAM, but they, they already have a really good model, you know, called Atlas. So then I learned from him, right? <laughs> I got into the, the modeling development uh, uh, field, you know, the best. And then for the last 30 years, I, I still work in this field. Never change. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's amazing. So on the cable, cable yarders uh, first. And uh, yeah, that's, that's amazing. So yeah, you came to Canada, you're, you're doing your studies, working. Um, with UBC, did you ever think that you would still be in the the field of forestry thirty years later? Was this always part of the grand plan? Yeah, I uh, I I still really enjoy it. You know, we use a lot of we learn a lot of new technologies. And we keep learning new technologies, and so we develop new uh, models. Right now, we we call we we have like a cloud based. Uh, forest modeling platform, which you can build models in the cloud online. So you don't have to install a software in your computer or you, you don't need, uh, no matter where you are, uh, what device you use, you can always run the model. So it's really good, the team working environment, you know. Right, right. That's so what, so maybe that's a good segue. Maybe introduce um, our listeners to uh, who AI Tree is, and and what what the company does. You're the uh, the the CEO, the president of the company. So maybe for our listeners who may not know 
about AI Tree. Tell us about what type of technology um, is that play? I believe there's some optimization components, and then you mentioned the cloud. But maybe at a high level for our listeners, who's AI Tree, and 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 what type of uh, work are you doing, uh, and who are you serving? So I have to say that you see, before I, I graduated from UBC, I, I work in a company called Hugh Hamilton Limited in North Vancouver, and then uh, we split. We have another uh, company called Forest Ecosystem Solutions. So with my partners, uh, so we basically, I develop model only uh, use it internally, you know, for our own business. So, but 15 or 20 years later, I realized this uh, can be uh, uh, very useful. So then we start another company called AI Tree. So, and focus on the software development. So, uh, the later I start uh, another office in China, we hire like uh, 12 software engineers. You know, we now we, 10 years passed. So, we have a cloud based force modeling platform. So, that uh, integrates, uh, you know, AI, uh, so big data. So that can make the force modeling work easier and, uh, uh, and smart, smarter. That's what we right. are doing. Right, so when you say you're building force models, is this along the lines of uh, um, strategic planning and tactical planning? Is that, is that the space or is it more comprehensive of developing plans, but also you mentioned AI or artificial intelligence. Uh, doing more, maybe maybe walk me through because I I'm keen to learn myself about uh, yeah, your technology. But maybe maybe go down one level and and, and let me and, and tell me what what it's all about. Why are people buying AI tree technology? What problems are they solving? Thirty years ago, you know, when the computer uh, only had like a one megabyte RAM, so you you the the best you can do uh, you you separate strategic plan with management plan. So because you, you cannot have so much uh, uh, sp spatial information, so that you have no, no uh, the best way you can do it is separate. You do a strategic plan first, like Woodstock they are doing, right? They're still doing that. So you, you do a strategic plan. After you have a strategic plan it's not real plan it's just analysis they give you the how much timber you can harvest each year and then you use other models uh, like a, a tactical model or management plan uh, model so to allocate where you harvest uh, so this the two or three process two steps or three steps that it's a lot of work and uh, it's difficult to link uh, the strategic with the management plan the work we are doing with FSOS, uh, the, uh, we call the forest simulation optimization system, we integrate strategic and, and a management plan. But when you, you set up strategic goals and target objectives and constraints, and it automatically can tell you what you should do on the ground to achieve your targets. So I believe this is the future. They, they simplify the, pro, uh, the, the process and also reduce a lot of workload at the same time because the linkage, you, so you don't need to link them, they, they integrate. So I, I believe this is the future. That's why I really like called digital forest. That's what we call the digital forest. Yeah, right, for sure. And, and so the headquarters of the companies in in Vancouver, in BC, British Columbia. Uh, so is it safe to say like your, your clients, are they, you know, BC, I know Lakehead University in Ontario, you mentioned that um, they're using FSOS. I always laugh, it's always engineers who come up with these acronyms like FORCE, uh, System Optimize, wait, I already got it wrong. Oh, simulation optimization system. Yeah, so engineer mouthful, FSOS, yeah, absolutely. Um, but BC's environment is, is pretty complex. So uh, as we think about your technology, I believe you're working with a lot of folks in, in BC and, and elsewhere. So when we think about some of the foresters out there that may not be using this type of optimization um, technology, 
uh, how do they get started? Um, like, so if someone was to come to you and AI Tree and say, "Hey, uh, Dr. Lee, we want to we want to get involved with this," um, what are some of those things they have to consider? Like, is there a data component? Is it is it or or do you just kind of take it all and and it's unstructured and you make it structured and do something? But maybe walk us through the steps of uh, Kevin is Kevin is your brand new client knows absolutely nothing. What are some of those things we have to think about and prepare before we could leverage your technology? So you always uh, have the first current data. You start with the first current data, right? You have, so you can have, you can collect the data with different ways, no matter how you collect the data. When you have the, the spatial data, uh, all just the, uh, you don't have to do, uh, you don't have to have spatial data. If you want to do a spatial modeling like Woodstock, that's okay. Uh, so you, when you have the data, we provide all the tools to load the data, to do the gross yield curves, or load your own gross yield curves and uh, set up the constraints and targets. And um, uh, the, the model will, will use, um, we call that, a heuristic search algorithm to find the best uh, solution, the best plan. So that's the, how that works. But we call right now, we call them uh, a digital forest modeling platform. Uh, why? Because you can build model uh, in, the, in the platform, build your own models. So, it's online, right? So like uh, Lehigh University is teaching this in the labs. Uh, so the, the professors like Kevin Crow and others, TAs, and they all told us, you know, uh, that it works really well. You know, I can talk more later, you know, about that. Yeah, I know for sure. So, so thinking of that, I love the idea of cloud, you know, that a lot of people are moving um, to the cloud per se. Are are the cloud technologies that AI Tree is levering or leveraging, um, like the Microsoft Azure's or AWS's, or are they more private AI Tree data centers um, and whatnot? Yeah, we have a, a cloud service, you know, in uh, Vancouver. So we we use a so it's just we call the Canadian cloud right now. It's a, a company, a small company, you know, they they. Uh, we we rent a server there, right? right. So the best thing is, uh, you see, when you use cloud, you know, uh, like a Lehigh University and any other university, you may know that, you know, for the computer labs, they always have um, hundreds of computers, uh, students sitting by the computer, and uh, a lot of technicians help you to install the software, machine the, the software, machine the machine. That's, you can imagine that you can see the picture. Still, most of the universities are doing something like that now. But for Lehigh University, for this course they are teaching, they don't need, they don't need the, the lab, the physical lab. So especially during the pandemic time, you know, students and professors, they all work from home. How can you work together uh, efficiently. So basically, we provide them a cloud-based lab, you know, with they, every student had their own account to do their labs. Professors and TAs, they can share whatever they want to share, and they can see what each, each student is doing when they have a problem, and uh, our support team know, notice right away and solve the problem right away. So that's why uh, the lab went uh, really smoothly, you know. Yeah, right, for sure. So, so typically when we think about these types of technologies, and again, uh, it, it makes me wish I paid more attention to my undergraduate, some of my undergraduate computer science classes and simulation. And, you know, we hear about uh, linear programming, simulated annealing, and X, Y, Z, beyond this guy's knowledge. But as a general forester, um, does it matter um, what method we use or, and if so, what are some of the, uh, what is AI tree doing? I know you mentioned a heuristics uh, search and 
but maybe maybe help our listeners or help me understand the subtle differences and the pros and cons of the different approaches. You know, that's the that's always the important part of a digital forest. You know, for digital system, when you have a complicated system, uh, you have a complex problem you want to solve. Uh, you, usually, you, with linear programming, with traditional mathematics, you cannot solve because it has millions of variables. Uh, so hundreds, thousands of targets, objectives, and constraints. So you cannot solve that with a linear program. Um, so that's why we use heuristic search. With uh, this, with uh, digital forest, so when you have a complicated problem to solve, you always can build a digital system which mimic the, the, the real system. But for the, the difference is you talk about the, maybe you know digital twins, so you talk about, but this is di different from digital twins because the digital system can explore the opportunities, find a way to achieve your targets, objectives, you know, and give you the, the road the map, how you achieve your targets. And at the same time, accumulate knowledge, learn from the real forest and improve uh, the digital forest. So when you have digital forest, they can do a lot more. Uh, so it's not just like twin. <laughs> Yeah, interesting. So, so what I kind of heard is that you're, you're feeding the model as you go through time, additional data, and it can improve and, 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 and get better. So thinking of data, we always talk about data, and I hate to use the, you know, you know digital twin, some might say is a buzzword, you know, digitalization, digital transformation, um, etc. But we think about data often, uh, you know, data is the new oil, uh, big data, whether it's really big data versus just large volume data. But in your world, in your in your company, um, how because you're in this cloud thing, does does the size of the data matter in terms of how how your your solutions run, or or does it really not matter at all? Um, to me, um, uh, the size is not that matter because uh, uh, the, the the way we call. Uh, you may not, they just term different buzzwords, right? So for me, I just, uh, uh, just uh, accumulate knowledge. You know, if, if you know forest analysis, uh, forest modeling, so there are a lot of work, you know, like uh, growth and yield curves. They have been doing this for over 30 years. They do that for every project. But why you, you why, do it, why don't you, you know, the, the, the model should learn it, you know, from history. When you do have a, a forest map, know where the, the location is, know what country is there, what kind of stand there, it should be able to give you the growth and yield curves. Why do you have to use, spend a lot of time to do growth and yield curves? So probably in other words, be smarter when you accumulating, not when you accumulate knowledge and learn from history. And next time you do it, you don't have to do from the beginning. That's 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 the main part I want to say. Yeah, no, I love it. It's like work smarter is a, is a common theme, you know, do things why sometimes repeat, redoing things when, when there's an alternate way of doing it. So when we think about the services AI Tree offers, what are maybe some of the common um, objections or obstacles you encounter with people who might say, oh, you know, Dr. Liu, like, we can't do this, we can't do that. Is there some common patterns that you've seen? And if so, what are some of those? Because I'm sure many of our listeners may be going, oh yeah, but this, that, this, that, you know, all the reasons why I couldn't do this. But in your experience, is, is there a pattern there that, that you've seen that's kind of repeated itself? And, and if so, what are those, those common themes on why people might not embrace this type of technology? I, to me, I see it like you, you always talk about people not willing to 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 try the new things. You know, this is probably important part. You know, for me, it should be simple. Everything should be smarter. You know, when you do a forest plan or strategic analysis, 
when you have the data, you load the data into the model, uh, you tell what kind of object you want to have, like what kind of target you want to achieve, like uh, biodiversity, wildlife habitat, visual quality, water quality, and the timber production and the carbon sequestration and profit. So when you set up all these targets and constraints, you let the model run it and give you the best scenario. Of course, you can change the weight, try to get different scenario, but uh, this uh, the digital force should be able to simplify this work. You know, uh, you don't need uh, for carbon accounting right now is uh, is big uh, uh, problem I think because just like what I said, you know, they separate first plan with um, carbon accounting. You know, to me, if you have a plan, you should know how much carbon is stored, how much. So why do you start another process, right? So of course, uh, all the calculation uh, equations and parameters should be used like a from a, you know, from like the first carbon modeling, uh, uh, like a, in Canada, we have like a CBM, you probably know first carbon model. So all, we, we use all the same equations, same parameters, but that can be integrated with the forest plan. Uh, so the, the, the first benefit, you simplify this work, you reduce a lot of work. And secondly, you can have carbon sequestration as a, one of the objective, you can optimize it. So to me, I think in the future, the work will be easier and easier. <laughs> yeah, no, and thanks for sharing that. So, so, so for our listeners, a couple questions. So um, as I, I listen there and you're like, you know, you're familiar with the, 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 the CBM, uh, explain that to our, 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 our listeners. What does that mean? Because in some ways I used to cheat, uh, you know, in my modeling work will predict above ground biomass and the extent of my model was just multiplied by 0.5 and that's how much carbon's there, right or wrong. It was the poor man's solution. But for our listeners, it's like, walk us through uh, CBM, what that means. And then, because then I do want to move you to talk more about carbon and get your views on, because there's a whole thing happening in the world right now. But for our listeners first, um, and especially our foresters, um, you know, walk us through what carbon means to you and how, how you view it, how you model it, what's uh, different in your approach. Obviously, uh, your system's leveraging the CBM model and, and I suspect other models to account for the carbon directly um, in your models. But for our listeners, walk us through CBM, what it means and, and why it's critical in terms of how we, we, we predict carbon. So CBM is very, it's well known, you know, in the world, you know, on every country probably, even in China, I know they all know this model. It's a lot of people are using it. Uh, the, the only, it's really good model because uh, it gives you a lot of details. But for forest plan, for, so we have to be able to simplify that. We can plan our forest, we can increase our carbon, uh, like uh, reduce the uh, fire, reduce the uh, insect and disease. So you can start from the first plan. So even start from uh, planting trees, you can include, include that part, how, uh, how you can stabilize the carbon in the forest, uh, in a wood product, increase the carbon. At the same time, you can produce more wood. Uh, you can have more profit. And at the same time, you also can uh, balance, uh, balance with other objectives like water quality, water habitat. Uh, so this is really complicated. That's why I think digital force is the solution for these kind of problems. So because it's too complicated, people, uh, it's hard for people to understand it. But if you build a digital copy, a digital force, you can see the future. You can see what you do on the ground now, how that impact the future. Uh, that's one thing you can forecast, uh, predict the future. Uh, another thing, if you if you have uh, like a use, if you use heuristic search, use other smart optimization algorithm, you you can you can generate plan 
to achieve your goal, uh, achieve your objectives. So not only forecast, you also can uh, generate plan. So the, the, that's the, uh, you see that how the digital force can, can help you. That's yeah, I, absolutely. And, and so I, I'm curious to know your thoughts. Um, there's, you know, it's interesting to, to hear you comment on that because, you know, when I talk uh, with other folks, there's excitement about carbon, um, you know, exchanges. Um, there's groups out there that are um, using remote sensing to model inventory and then leverage predict carbon for offsets um, per se. Are they doing it wrong? Um, no. What, what do you think about that? See, uh, that's the one thing you see. When you, you talk about digital forest, people have different definition. They understand it differently. So to me, you re, no matter what kind of a method you use uh, to collect the data, you can use remote sensing, you can use LiDAR, you can use uh, air photo, you can go to the ground, collect the data. It does not really matter to us. So the, the work we are doing, we use the data you collect and build a model to forecast the future, to manage the future, to create the future. And not, we are not collecting data. You know, that's the, of course, data is important. Data is important. Uh, you, uh, you can collect, um, if you have a better way to collect data, that would be nice. Right. Uh, we don't do that part, but in the future, maybe. So we can, if we have the opportunity, we can, if we can build a connection, that would be nice. Right. right. So really, if there's good data, whatever that data is, it's fed as input into your system to build the model and then forecast forward or predict into the future. Gotcha. For sure. Very cool. So on that note, I, I want to, I want to maybe shift gears and, and, and this is the digital forester podcast. So a lot of people are keen on hearing our, our, uh, the, your views on technology in general. So I think this will, will be kind of fun because you mentioned you've been at this for 30 years or quite a while. <laughs> what are there certain technologies that, that, you kind of knew were coming and and in the early days you're like, yeah, something's gonna come and it's just a matter of time. Are there some technologies that maybe just caught you completely off guard? And when I say technology, it's kind of broad in the forestry um, sector in general, not just to, you know, optimization and and software, but but in in general, like thinking early days, like obviously GPS, right, was a game changer. Now we kind of take it for granted. It's in our smartphone, everything we work. But maybe share with us some of your thoughts from your, your earlier days, your younger days, and, and then flash forward to now. What, what are some of those key technologies that really you feel has transformed um, forestry? You see, to me, um, uh, the, the technology we use... Uh, so we, it's not new, you know, like um, for simulation, uh, optimization, heuristic search, you know, the, the new technology, it's a new, so we call uh, metaverse. You, you heard that and you see the metaverse, like a face, Facebook, right? There. The metaverse, yep, yep. Yeah, but to me, um, I, I understand differently, you know, People always talk about VR, uh, AR, and um, uh, games, uh, uh, blockchain about the metaverse. But to me, if you can have simulation, optimization, you can have a dynamic system uh, like a digital force, you can see the future. And so you can, if you can add, use the digital force technology, of course, you can include, you must have uh, like, uh, optimization algorithms. You have, um, if you can combine, combine with uh, VR, VR uh, AR, you can see the, but right now, uh, the, the, for the digital force, what we are doing, we can see the future. We can see how much timber you can harvest each year. We can see where the tree are and uh, what a function of the force you have at uh, any point in the future. But it's not a VR, it's not a, like a, you cannot a, like a walk, you can walk into the force 
the future for us. But I see if we can use this kind of technology so we can see the future, we can walk into the future, we can feel the future, uh, we can find a way to create a desired future. So that's the uh, new technology. We've, it's probably not new, but the, the technology is there for a long time, but we just, uh, how we apply them, how you ex explain them. But for me, I have been doing the, uh, you know, I've been uh, doing uh, the first modeling for so many years and apply uh, the algorithm to, to solve different problems. But just until last few years, I really understand uh, how those the, uh, really important problems can really help a lot of uh, industries. Yeah, yeah, no, thanks for sharing those thoughts and, and your, your vision there. And I'm secretly uh, chuckling or secretly laughing inside because um, often in a lot of my podcasts at the end, I ask people about what they think about the metaverse, uh, blockchain or crypto. And I always joke because some people are like, why is he asking this? So, th so this is refreshing. I didn't have to ask you you're bringing it up. And, and so what I think is really what I what, what I think I know is really cool is when we think about VR virtual reality, AR augmented reality, uh, the metaverse, you know, is the digital twin um, uh, is the metaverse, the reincarnation of the digital twin in a different form. I, I don't know. But it's, it's a compelling story to say we already have technologies for to make to have an immersive experience. And if your technology can essentially build a model to then uh, build a better future, if we want to call it that, and you're able to link these technologies, that's kind of cool because you can walk through the forest, you can create different scenarios to see what that looks like, move beyond just a screen and your mouse and your keyboard, but maybe don a HoloLens or, or use some, uh, you know, an Oculus Rift or something for a meta, the new Facebook type of thing. That's some cool stuff. That's like, that's kind of uh, mind changing um, per se. But what do you, what do you think, what do you think are the challenges of getting there? Like forestry is not, not really a, um, a sector that moves very quickly, embraces technology and just runs with it. They've been early adopters on a lot of things, but some might argue things have slowed down. They're not really innovating quickly enough. So how do we get to that future state that you've described? What are some concrete things that you need to see happen for you to uh, further invest in AI tree technology development? What are those things you need to see happen in, uh, within the sector? Yeah. So um, I still think the, the, the digital forest is the future. You know, for the forest sector, you know, we are not slow. You know, we have been doing forest modeling for over 30 years. So, and many other fields, they have not started. So just talk about it. But the forest uh, industry, you know, we already, especially in Canada, you know, we have been doing forest modeling since uh, when I started my uh, graduates. Uh, program at UBC, they, my, my teacher, Professor John Nelson, already have the really good model. So even that time. So today, but we ha I have to say that today, we need to do more in the forest industry. You know, uh, 30 years ago, the computer, the computing resources is, you know, the limit, we got do much better. 30 years ago, that's uh, we so we have to do, uh, we have to approve, uh, improve our technology, as you know, let people know it, accept it, learn it, use it. Right now, I know it's not easy, but then people, they get used to it for like 30 years, it's hard to change. That's a big challenge. Yeah. Yeah, def definitely. I, I totally relate to, to that. So, so maybe let's, let's look to the future. What are some of the technologies that, that get you really, 
really excited. So we've talked about, you know, AR, VR and other things, but um, in the, in the bigger picture, um, what are some of those things that when you look forward into the future, you know, Microsoft just acquired Activision, the gaming um, company. So it's clear that they're betting big. I think it was their largest acquisition. Um, they're obviously betting big on the metaverse and, and, and in that space. But when we look out, let's say a year to three years out, is there something that, that gets you really excited, you know, beyond obviously the forest modeling, but is there some type of technology or some movement or, or something that's happening that, that, that gets Dr. Liu really excited? Yeah, I think so. I think uh, you see, no matter what you, you think, like, um, uh, basically, we are using gaming. You know, I like gaming. I think I don't play games, but I think the gaming can be can be used. The gaming method can be used to solve all kinds of problems. So when you have, a, you know, like a first planning, it's a game. It's a, it's a, it's a game. So you, a good you, point. you play the game in a virtual view in a in a digital view, uh, field in the digital world you play the game when so after you you win I, everybody win maybe uh, it's hard how you how you uh, uh, you judge that you know, what the objective you are so you play the game before you do it you know this is the best way to win and then you apply in the in a real uh, in a real world so so I like uh, like a simulation and optimization, uh, gaming. Uh, so uh, they all can be, you know, AI and they all be can be integrated. It's not buzzword. So we basically we we already do that, you know. Uh, so we when you do forest plan, you build a digital forest. You set the goal and set up the uh, the, the constraints and. And the variables automatically generate plans and tell you what you should do now to achieve your goal. Uh, and this is the future, you know. We always has uh, we call the digital world and the real world. They the two the two will they communicate all the time. They uh, they help each other. Uh, so this is the future. I don't. I don't want to say those uh, buzzwords, you know, like, but basically we have been doing this for so for a long time. So the, the difference is we are doing, we have temporal scale. We know that not only just one time shot or not only just show you the past, we show you the future. We let you see the future before you do it. Yeah, very, very, very cool. And so I'm just thinking, as you describe it that way, Dr. Liu, I, in my mind, I'm thinking this must be computationally intensive and it must take a really, really long time for these models to run. Is that true? And if so, what's what's an average run of a model or does it just depend on the size of the forest or the number of variables? But but is this something you like the big uh, staples uh, business store, easy button, the big red button, you hit it have a sip of your coffee and the, the outputs there, or is this something that takes a bit of time to run? Yeah, exactly. This is a very good question, you see. And if, uh, ten, 10 years ago, like um, you see in BC, uh, provincial government, they have some funding to uh, to hire a consultant to find the, to, to make the first model faster. So, but, uh, most people, they try to buy the hardware. For the last 10 years, our team find a way to do it using cloud, because in the cloud, there are hundreds of computers there, right? So you can build a super computer anytime you need it. So you, and then you, you finish your work and release the computer. This is another important, uh, feature of cloud computing. So for, for, for us now, we already use it in our uh, office. We have like a, a 10 computers. Uh, we, we always can uh, use build a cluster, right? To, to finish those work. Uh, uh, we also test it in the cloud, in Canadian cloud, in Alibaba cloud, it works really well. 
But the only thing right now, we need more support to, to test it, to try it. But this is a technology we call easy cloud. In, uh, so we do, we develop ourselves, our team develop it. So the, the, the general idea is when you need a supercomputer, you always can build it with cloud com computer. You don't need to, uh, you don't need to buy those equipment. So after you finish your work, you release it. This is a very good feature. Right, absolutely. So you, you're, you're, you're scalable at the end of the day and you scale up and, uh, or scale out, I should say, um, and, and solve the problem. So on an, what's a typical, what's a typical average run rate? Like, give me, give me an example. If we're working in BC for a client dealing with X number of hectares, is this solved in a day? in an hour, uh, weeks, or, or, or is there let's some? Say, let's say when you have a million polygons, you have a, a thousand layers uh, uh, resources, uh, objectives. Uh, you have a, uh, you consider like a 200 years. Uh, so for those problems, uh, it can, for simulation and run is basically 30 minutes uh, or tw 20 minutes, basically but load the data and save the data. Uh, but the, if you use optimization, it will take probably five hours to, to find it. But most projects not that big. You know, we have, uh, because we have what we call spatial information, we we know where the you uh, the harvest block are. So we, we don't we we allocate harvest blocks. We we schedule the harvest and we build the roads. Everything included. So if we just don't carry uh, we don't use, carry the spatial information like uh, Woodstock doing that can be really fast a few seconds, right? Because you you only play with a few variables. Yeah, that's that's amazing. That that that's faster than I thought of when you're describing that scenario. I was waiting for you to say it'll take weeks to solve, but even you know five hours. That's that's reasonable. Most and as, projects, most projects, almost take no time. Yeah, most projects. Well, yeah, because when you I when again, I yeah, if you have like um uh. It's, yeah, go ahead. No, it's uh, the, the internet is, has a problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, 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 it's it's amazing at the end of the day when we're doing this. So for our listeners, we, we also have a video component um, at play. Like like we're doing this live uh, with Dr. Liu in China. I'm in Ottawa, Canada here, and and we're interacting. Like again, I'm always amazed. This this uh, is actually um, doable per se. So, so thinking of, of, of this piece, uh, the vision you set, this digital forest, I love the idea. The fact that you said, you know, some of your work can be that fast, uh, not five hours, but second, like if you're not carrying the spatial, you can do things a little bit faster. There's the potential that you, you end up with that real-time digital forest, you know, where you can game, you know, run different scenarios, see what it looks like in the digital forest and then and then determine uh, whether that fits um, your requirements. So that's that's really cool. That's amazing. That's amazing. I'm, I'm curious to to get your your thoughts. So in BC, obviously uh, there's been some really bad forest fires. And so we think about climate change. Um, there's a carbon component obviously there. But how does that fit into your world? Like um, is that a typically a constraint? Like, can you handle that type of scenario and, and maybe predict the likelihood of that happening? Is that purely based on fuel loads and other criteria? Or maybe walk me through that predictive. Like, if you can predict the future and, and run different scenarios, is that something that 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 could be predicted? The fires and or is that just a scenario um, that you would model and say, in the event of this happening, these are outcomes that could occur. Yeah, so if, if I think uh, uh, I have been 
you know, we I started like uh, 20 years ago. Uh, I include uh, the forest fire in, in the model. It's just um, so I always want people to plant the forest to include the forest fire, insects, and disease during uh, during your planning during, during the planning time. So you can you start from trees from growing planting trees. You can include that. You can have how uh, you plant your trees. Uh, where the tree should be, you know, what country should be, you know, where you harvest, how you reduce the fuel, uh, fuels on the grounds, right? Control the amount of fuel on the grounds. So reduce the fire risk. So uh, it can stabilize the carbon. That's what I want to do, but always, you know, people always have different opinions. So you ask uh, some Absolutely. people, they say uh, fire is part of nature. They don't want to do it, but, but to me, Forest is for all the people, for all the wildlife, for all. It's not for for one person. For for so you cannot just listen to one person's opinion. You have to balance. You know that's what why we use model to balance different values over, over time. Uh, so you don't have to make a decision based on one assumption, and then you you miss a lot of opportunities. So yeah. like the like the Australia fire, you know, released the carbon release during one summertime, more than you know all the carb all the fossil fuels, you know, in BC and uh, Alberta, uh, not uh, 2018 is the same. It's big risk. So I'm not saying you can avoid fire. Uh, what I'm saying, you can plan better, reduce a fire. So you can manage better, reduce a fire. Uh, so when that fire happened, you redu reduce the, the loss. So that's just, we should start from a, a forest fire and insect disease should be part of a forest planning. Right, right. Yeah, that makes sense. So, so Dr. Liu, as, as we're winding down, uh, I found this fascinating. I've, I've learned a lot. Uh, I, I love the vision that, that you've set. Um, so as, we, as we're winding down and thinking about one, three, 10 year horizons, are there any special technologies? Uh, like as an example, what, what is AI Tree, your company investing in right now? Because uh, obviously by the sounds of it, there's a strong development team investing in building new features and capabilities. But maybe walk us through in the, and again, obviously not disclose confidential secrets, but the next one, three, 10 year, like where are you focusing your efforts and your priorities in, in further developing your technologies? So we want to change the first modeling, uh, you know, the way we are doing, right? So the current way, you know, when you do models, you collect data, uh, you build a model and uh, you have uh, set up objectives and, and, and you run the scenarios and, and writing report. That's the way we do the work. But the, the way I, I think the better way, the ideal way is you don't, it's a digital force, it's running all the time. Uh, you only need to feed the data and you will get the result automatically. You don't need to go through the whole process. Like um, in PC, we have a mountain pine beetle attack. A few years ago, you only need to tell the model how that change, uh, the, the data change, the information change. You input, you feed the model, the model automatically find a way to adapt that and tell you what you should do on ground. So you, Instead of right now, most people will collect data and build a model, do scenario analysis, writing the report. That's the way to do. But if you have already have a digital forest running there, you only feed the new data and you get the results right away. So that's the future, I think. Yeah, very cool, very cool. So as we wind down, I, I always like to sometimes ask some uh, some some weird questions, but what I'm going to ask you is, 
if you can go back and tell younger uh, Dr. Liu before you became Dr. Liu, but the younger Forster uh, that was UBC and was to give the younger self, your younger self advice or tips on, on what was coming in the next 30 years. Is there certain advice you would, you would give that young Forrester to, to better prepare him in terms of what's to come? To me, I just open-minded, keep yourself open-minded. Do not be limited by what you would read on the book, uh, in the book or, or somebody told you. Keep your mind open, it just tries different things. You know, this, uh, uh, the, but of course you have to learn like AI, but do not limit, you know, it's just what the AI, the real AI is, you know. So right now the machine learning, if you just get into that field, it may, may, may be limit yourself. Uh, so just um, learn what the real, the real AI is, you know, the principle, the algorithms, you see how that works. Also the uh, cloud computing, uh, uh, so digital systems, I think I still like the digital systems. This is the future. They can solve all kinds of complex problems, but to build that, to be able to do that, you need uh, some basic knowledge. Like if you just have simulation, it's not enough. You can you have to have optimization. Uh, so if you can integrate VR or AR, you uh, that can be better. Maybe. So a lot of things to learn. You see. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, well, this is the thing. I I think as our listeners are listening uh, to this podcast, they can start connecting the dots in terms of some of the the key technologies you're investing, thinking about, and the direction. Um, that you're going. So, so as we as we draw to a close, Doctor Doctor Liu, how how do folks get a hold of you? What's the best way? Is it website, Facebook, LinkedIn, email? What's the best way for people to reach out to you if they want to learn more about AI Tree and its technology and the work that you're doing? So, the AI Tree is our company's name. So the website AITree.ltd. So if you Google AI tree, you always can find it. AI tree, the reason we call AI tree, you know, we use AI to solve uh, demand and supply problems. So using the tree methodology, you know, it's a tree, like uh, uh, that I can, I don't have time to talk about that, but AI tree <laughs> is our company. You, so if you Google that, oh, you just go to the website, you always can find us. There you go. So folks, if you want to learn more about AI tree and their technology best ways, the ever uh, famous Google AI tree, and you'll be able to find Dr. Liu and his team and, and reach out and connect. So Dr. Liu, thanks so much. I know it's nighttime my side, the start of the day on your side in China. Thanks so much for, for making you. the time to speak with me. I, I found it fascinating. I, I, as I said, I love learning, talking to people, and I've I definitely learned at least 20 things, kept my mind open, learned lots of things. So thanks so much for your time. I really appreciate you joining me today. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Great. Uh, see you uh, sometimes. Sounds good.